the Woodstock Film Festival and the town and the whole, um, you know, reputation, I suppose you could say, of Woodstock is a draw for people. They're they're curious about it. it has a lot of history. The name has a lot of uh, connections and associations, and people really love the the whole idea of what Woodstock represents. So you know, people love to show their films here, and then people love to come and see those films. So uh, they, I think that's a big part of it too. And you get a real fun time when you come up here. Thank you for joining us for the Woodstock Film Festival Let's Talk Film podcast. I'm your host, Katie Mejia. The Woodstock Film Festival is a haven for networking with high caliber industry members, voting members of the Academy, filmmakers, musicians, and fiercely independent artists. The 24th annual festival takes place September 27th to October 1st. Submit your film today. We are here with Adam Shartoff, founder of FilmWax. His podcast, Film Wax Radio, has since grown into a familiar and popular part of the indie landscape. So yeah, um, to start off, why don't you tell us about your history with the Woodstock Film Festival? Sure. Well, and then I did a film interview podcast and have been doing a film interview podcast for so many years. I started in 2011. Uh, did not know what the heck I was doing at the time. One great place just to always... Um, strike oil would be going to a film film festival, of course, where you could just see lots of filmmakers and actors and uh, industry professionals, uh, et cetera. So I started coming to the Woodstock film festival in the journalist mode. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it was, uh, the podcast was going by then actually, but, uh, and I would, I just would come up, see as many films as I could interview as many folks from the, at the festival as I could. And it became uh, just a regular annual event for me. I always enjoyed the size of the festival and the types of films that you guys were uh, programming. And, um, and, and then, you know, you just create relationships and friendships in the process. So, um, and it was played a big role in my decision to actually uh, move to the Hudson Valley ultimately. That's great. I mean, for most people, you know, they come up to the Hudson Valley and they might just visit Woodstock and not necessarily, it's kind of got that touristy vibe. But then once they plug in, they really see that this is way better than New York City. I don't know why people continue to live there, but I get it. There's a lot of work, but um, it's a beautiful place. So there's a um, lot of resources and support, you know, especially if you're like in the film world, New York City is, 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 is a, uh, you know, has its advantages for sure, but one hundred percent. But you always it, notice that the, the the screenwriters and the filmmakers, the long time ones, they have houses up here and they're like up here most of the time and go down there for meetings. They're right. like that. Ah. Yeah, they, they start appreciating sanity after a while. So I, uh, it's true. Exactly. So do, yeah, there's definitely a synergy between the city and what we have up here in the Mid Hudson Valley. It is. It's nice. I mean, it's not too far and you can always, you know, reconnect if you, you know, maybe didn't get, you were in New York City for a long time grinding away and need to get some nature. You can always pop up here. But um, yeah, so that leads me to my next question. Why should people come to the festival in Woodstock? And what's what's so great about the Hudson Valley? It it, oper- it does. It, it, it provides or, you know, offers up a, just a different whole um, experience than the urban experience. You know, you come up here in the early fall, my God, it's so beautiful for one thing. And it just, it's, there's a, there's an electricity, uh, too. And, and also what's really nice about the Woodstock Film Festival is, and I don't know if everybody knows this, but it's actually 
only partially in Woodstock. It's uh, it, it's grown over the years and is in actually like five, at least uh, four, five, six, sometimes towns, uh, uh, including, um, well, it used to be Rhinebeck. It's not at the moment, uh, but uh, for sure in Saugerties and um, in Rosendale and uh, Kingston and, uh, you know, sometimes some events in other towns around the area. But it's so you get to see a bit of the landscape and the get a real taste of the Hudson Valley. Another thing, just to answer your question, is that uh, you'll s- the Woodstock Film Festival and the town and the whole, um, you know, re- reputation, I suppose you could say, of Woodstock is a draw for people. They're, they're curious about it. It has a lot of history, the name, a lot of, uh, um, has a lot of uh, connections and associations, and people really love the the whole idea of what Woodstock represents. So, um, I, I you know people love to show their films here, and then people love to come and see those films. So, uh, they, I think that's a big part of it too. And you get a real fun time when you come up here. So, how long have you been coming to the festival? How many years? Because it's now almost its twenty fourth twenty fifth anniversary. I would say probably about midway. Uh, I, I started coming. Uh, you know, when I first started this whole thing, I mean in terms of podcasting and just, you know, uh, visiting festivals, it, I started really just in New York city. I didn't know really much about other festivals, but when I would go to, let's say the New York film festival, I would overhear people, you know, colleagues say, or after this, we're going up to the Woodstock film festival. And I would started to get very uh, intrigued by the idea about, about going as soon as I could. So I would say it was pretty early in the last decade. It's been at least 10 years though. I mean, I, I could easily say 10 years, if not more than that, that I've been coming up. 10 years. But, so there's got to be a lot of memories. So that's kind of leads me to the next question. Do you have anything <laughs> that pops out that is kind of one of your favorite festival memories? Well, you know, one of my favorite things about it is that I would, as a sort of, uh, you know, a, a uh, how would you say, uh, not uh, I have, I'm a single divorced father. It happened for you. So I, I, you know, would try to align my weekends with my son when, you know, that he could come with me to the festivals. That's a great memory. And he has a bunch of times. And, um, and that's always been a great thing to be able to take him and go see some films. We, one, one time, I think this might've been the last summer before the pandemic and I, I'm probably wrong, but I think it was, if it wasn't the last summer, uh, excuse me, festival before the pandemic, it might've been the one before where, a good friend of the festival, Larry Fezenden's son, Jack, who himself is now a friend of the festival, uh, showed his feature film. And um, it was it was the world premiere. And, uh, you know, so it was fun to take my son who uh, to that and to be sitting there and for him to get the whole experience. Uh, and he himself is now considering pursuing a film career of sorts. So. Wow, it must have had yeah. a huge impact. So, what age was he at that point? I mean, when did well, he and first... his mother is a f- an actress and she does movie and TV. Right, so okay. There's that too. There's that too. <laughs> yeah. What year? Yeah, I think it was. He? Oh, uh, at the time, probably like, I don't know, 13 or something. Oh, that's cool. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, I have a seven year old and she's really oh. interested in performance too. So, I was like, yeah. I wonder what age, you know, because she already is watching, you know, films with us we watch a lot of movies obviously that's like the thing you do when you're a movie buff with families you just have family movie night so i i can imagine she would be really into a festival i mean that's really cool that you brought him and now he's he's seeing like a side of it that he'd potentially be a part of it yeah and there's been just you know uh lots of 
special moments at Q and A's and, uh, uh, or when I, you know, I remember I have to make sure when I bring these things up that I remember <laughs> names and everything, cause I don't want to sound like an idiot. Um, but I've had some really fun experiences and, you know, and when, because I was like an early podcaster at the Woodstock film festival. So, you know, they really didn't know what to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> like, where am I going to do my interviews? You know, and so I'd be sitting in all sorts of weird areas there. So, yeah, podcasts, I mean, they've just really taken off. And it's, I was actually really into them very, very early on, a good 15 years ago before anybody really knew either. So it was interesting to be in that landscape. And then now, today, I mean, your your podcast is, is, is pretty amazing. Like, I, you know, I, take, I took a look at it and I wanted mm-hmm. to get into it later more and also talk about. Uh, you know, how you were able to kind of keep that energy going and keep it going because it's just, it's, it's a definite, it's a, today the podcasting world has kind of overtaken mainstream media and, and, and it's, and it's become uh, something that's very popular. And so it's, it's great for us to be able to, to do, to do, to talk about things and just have a platform, you know? So I want to get into that. You know, one of the things that the festival always talks about is being fiercely independent. And so I know that that's important to you as well. And so maybe if you could just t- talk yeah. to us a little bit more about what that means to you and why that's important. Yeah, always, I'm glad you brought it up because, uh, you know, I, I my whole life, my prevent almost, well, I should rephrase this, not my entire life, because actually I worked for a big corporation, media corporation for many years. Uh, I worked at Sony Music and, and, and that was a big music corporation distribution company. Uh, but I did love working there because there were so many great people and because we were creating music. But one thing I learned was that it's still at the bottom, the, you know, it was about the bottom line and it was still a corporate. You're still working in a, for a corporation. And I would, one thing I would notice, Katie, was that musician, like I would get a, a CD or, you know, an album of, of a great artist, like somebody who's really great, innovative songwriter, musician, great, but they would not market those people. They would market Mariah Carey. They would market, uh, uh, Celine Dion. They would market, you know, even Bob Dylan. Uh, I'm not, and this has, by the way, no reflection of the quality of those artists so much as just that they were fortunate enough to, to make mass audiences and bring a lot of money to the corporation. Right. So, but these other artists, they didn't even give them basic, barely a chance to, to perform, to perform, not meaning to show themselves that, that they could actually be successful and sell albums and et cetera. So when I left there shortly after I was uh, let go, <laughs> um, very shortly after that, in fact, well, you know, there were massive layoffs and, um, and uh, and I turned to and then I started really understanding the spirit of independence, uh, independent and, and how beautiful the arts are when they are really independent and what and, and, and so it's it's like this window of time where, you know, a filmmaker is is getting their first films out often like in like in the music industry, too. Uh, it's that earlier phase. And then. They're making stuff that they really are passionate about. They don't have to make too many uh, compromises often. And that was what was so exciting about going to the festivals, because that's where you really get that the taste of that. And so I, that's why I really fell in love with going to film festivals. Um, and 
oftentimes the way the conveyor belt works or the trajectory plays out is that, you know, uh, the more talented filmmakers, if they can stick with it, if they can survive, they'll end up with more lucrative opportunities and they'll start to um, get hired by corporations. And, you know, I understand it. I'm not, you know, living in a fantasy world. Uh, people got to make money and want to have success. And, uh, but uh, that's why I, I created Film Wax, though, is to kind of be there. And I guess in some small way, maybe I'm helping <laughs> to, me, me, you know, put, uh, give attention to some of these people. Definitely. And, uh, so, but I still keep Film Wax, 90% of it is, people that the average person will never have heard of. Like, you know, Woodstock Film Festival, the directors, yeah, some of them, of course, people know them. But by and large, they're, you'd say one of the directors, or you know, nobody's heard of their name. Um, so they need the help. And so, and I work at it as a side sidebar. I work at a independent radio station too. And we are playing artists that you typically don't hear. You know, there's some really wonderful artists like Brandy Carlisle or, uh, you know, uh, uh, Cheryl Crow or something. I'm just coming up with names of broadly distributed artists, but we'll play artists that you, you're not as quickly as familiar with the average person or we'll play deeper cuts. You know, we're just trying to do something and it's not a big moneymaker, trust me, but, but, you know, it's still really important to me that, that, that we get choices and, uh, and that there's stuff out there that's grittier and uh, uncompromised. And Woodstock Film Festival is really positioned to be part of all that. Um, you know, I mean, the Hudson Valley clearly is, you know, on the rise. So let's yeah. get back into your podcast. So, okay, um, yeah. so you said you had 750 episodes and 1,200 guests. I mean, that's just sixty. That is epic. I mean, let's just get, let's just, let's just try to pull out a couple of your favorite episodes, just so we can get people to go check out your stuff. Oh my God. Yeah. No, it's, it's hard. It's like, it is hard, but go ahead. It's like, what's your favorite movie or one of your favorite movies? I mean, you know, it's yeah. so hard. It's well, so hard. I mean, there's definitely a lot of um, ones that stand out. Let's put it that way. Yeah, Whatever. I've had some incredible experiences with, 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 you know, episodes where, you know, nobody will have heard of the person or whatever. And I, what for me is more, you know, uh, pleasurable as a host of a, it could be very different than the average listener too. You know, it's my experience has nothing to do with their experience and a lot of times, but, uh, well, I mean, okay. One of my favorite filmmakers is Mike Lee, you know, the British, I know <laughs> I don't play him at the Woodstock film festival very often, but he's just <laughs> like makes these movies. And I, I discovered him when I was very young adult and uh, adult. And I was walking around the village one day in the city and I saw this, you know, poster outside. I, it was like the quad or one of a smaller theater might've been the Angelica. And, and, and it was like called life is sweet. And I just liked the title and I liked the poster. I walked in, I watched the movie and my life was changed. And then, you know, flash forward 20 years and I'm, have, and I've met Michael Mike Lee a number like half a dozen times, but he's done my podcast now twice. And the first time he did the podcast a few years ago, more maybe a bunch of years ago, he just he's cranky. He's a cranky bastard, you know. What I mean, he's like he's like he doesn't suffer fools, you know. He's just and uh, but he had just flown in from L.A. that morning, and he had this great a time at some screening or something. And he came in, he was just in all smiles. 
and he was in a great mood and I was see and then I found out just before that started I had like 20 minutes with him or something like that you know that the guy after me had to cancel so the publicist who had arranged this uh, and I do some of these on my own I book some of them on my own and I book a lot of them with publicists uh, but the publicist at that set, uh, interview said you have twice the amount of time so all of a sudden I had 45 minutes with Mike Lee and you know which is like a dream come true, Is but he it's also a hero. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I love his movies. And, but at the same time, it's a bit overwhelming because now I, I, I don't, I wasn't prepared for 45 minutes, but you know what? I didn't have to be cause he was talking all, he was very forthcoming. You know, uh, they did a tribute to him at, um, Lincoln center film at Lincoln center, unless I'm mistaken. Um, I think it was film at Lincoln center did a tribute to him last year and I got him back on and it was on zoom. It wasn't quite as exciting. And he, I doubt he remembered me, but we had an okay time, but uh, it wasn't quite the same magic, but that first time, Oh my God, that was one of my favorites. Uh, Kenneth Branagh, another Brit. I know, but he was fantastic. Uh, that stands out. We just had a great time and uh, it's one of my favorites, uh, but there's so many, I mean, I will say, you know, I got Werner Herzog on my show, which was another, like big deal and it happened right after i moved up here and it's funny because you know like no matter how much i would have prepared it didn't matter he was gonna no you're wrong you know it was like it was just this it was gonna be so i had to kind of go with it and just be okay with feeling like a dummy uh but he was fantastic i mean you know uh, I sat across from Liv Ullman and, and she did my show once years ago. You know, you, 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 you're sitting across from not only my heroes, but my parents heroes. my parents introduced me to all these, you know, European art films from the sixties and, and seventies as a kid. And then, you know, you, 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 you wrote a kind of love these actors like that. And, uh, they end up on your podcast. It's kind of crazy. That's amazing. That's what it's all about. Right. You know? And, um, I mean, I, I, that's why you do it. And so, yeah, you get the indies, you get the kind of people you don't even know, but then you get your heroes, you know? So you get get it all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll keep it going. Cause you know, it's just, it's all about just the consistency of it, you know? And, uh, people, people are always looking to promote their projects, you know, even if they're, uh, Werner Herzog, you know, and I love that he was just like, naysaying everything you know because people like that at that level they're just like i mean can you imagine working on a set with him or whatever he's just probably just like barking at everybody you know all day like whatever i've been doing this but um but you know he he can do that right yeah i I had a couple other questions i know you said you're a musician um and i like how you call yourself an armchair film historian Mm -hmm. that's cool Uh, i was just curious um you know what are some of your favorite film composers if you have them um and any movies you would want to discuss that have like the soundtracks and scores that you love. And then maybe just some of the classic movies that you recommend, because not everybody knows, you know, these days and we, it's good to get the recommendations to watch the classic films. But they're not going to be a surprise to your listeners. You know, I mean, there's of course, you know, like Blade Runner and I love like, you know, some work so well, like taxi driver, um, you know, uh, the Godfather, you know, so many fantastic scores. And, it's interesting. I, I told you I work at this radio station. I just started last week. You're going to enjoy this. Uh, uh, at one o'clock every day. Well, let me put it this way. Every week I, sp- I spotlight a different soundtrack. And I'm calling Love it, it. That's a great idea. I'm calling it the KZE Film Club. And every so every day that week I play one track. It is at one o'clock every weekday. 
Ice just introduced the track. It's one track off of the soundtrack from that week. And I do a little bit after the song is done, I do a little bit of a, you know, uh, an anecdote or some connections that I drop from the film or from the the song. That's like today was this week is Pulp Fiction. And I, I played Miser Lou, which is a Dick Dale instrumental, which has an interesting history to it. And, um, you know, uh, tomorrow it's going to be uh, nobody knows this is Al Green's, you know, let's get together, let's, let's stay together, together rather, let's stay let's together, stay together yeah. which, you know, what film was that in? That's in Pulp Fiction. Oh, okay, right. Some yeah, they the, all the diegetic music and yeah, some of the high played. energy, dancing, crazy looking, crazy music. Yeah, I mean, you know, Miser Lou was played over the title, right. you know, sequence. Um, you know, towards the beginning of the film. <laughs> yeah, Quentin Tarantino, he's he's a character. He's he's all he is he is all yeah, about the music. And I mean, I think music just makes so many movies, you know, especially a movie like that where it's yeah. Um and, yeah. and next week it's gonna be like high fidelity. And um Classic. I'm just but I'm I'm urging people to write in at the radio station to write me, email me and and tell me their favorite soundtracks and you know, give me r- some sort of reason why it's your favorite or some sort of connection you have to it so that's been great fun and um i'm gonna have to do uh, that, that yeah awesome. so well, there's that. a lot of great soundtracks and uh yeah any uh, any like you know indie films you know that are jumping out at you kind of classic i mean because yeah. you know there's the you, you mentioned a few already but oh yeah well you know um i i came when i was coming up um you know and it was like fall fiction was already sort of towards the end of the, the this golden era for me, but um, I mean, if I if I'm going to talk about some films, I mean, there's the ones that I discovered, uh, just like like that Life is Sweet uh, movie I mentioned earlier, but also um, ones that have changed my life. Like, um, well, I was living in Boston as a very young man, and uh, I was you know going to school, and I wandered into this art house cinema. And was walked into the wrong movie because it was like a multiplex, art house cinema multiplex. <laughs> I walked into the wrong movie. Turns out I was sitting watching, uh, 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 trouble was uh, uh, I'm blank. What Jim Jarmish? Um, Jim not Jarmusch. trouble. Not trouble in paradise. I'm, I'm no. like having I'm having a senior moment. Um, Podcasts they usually have somebody in the back, like cl- you know, know, searching when someone can't find what they're talking about. Oh, we don't have a third. Well, that, that, I do have producers. Jim Jarmusch, yeah, I do have I do have producers now. Stranger than paradise. There so we go. Stranger than paradise. Comes back to me, but it's one of my favorite movies. Why did you forget Adam? Well, because just like you know, I don't know. My brain has the moments like that, but um, it's one of my still one of my favorite movies of all time, Stranger Than Paradise. And I've had almost all, everybody, almost everybody in that movie, but I'm still chasing after Jim Jarmusch for my podcast. Right, I was about to say Jim Jarmusch has been on your pop- podcast. No, I see that one. <laughs> and I and it's been I've been so close. I I don't close. think he'll agree to do it, but uh, if you're out there and you're watching this and you can help me make it, there's a cash reward in it for you. <laughs> and uh, you know, that's, is, he, that's, is he in L.A. or where is he? I wonder. Where's no, he's Germany? in New York City. New York he's City. in New York City. Oh, right. He always. Yeah, yeah. What, what, yeah, he's I wonder why that's a problem. Lower East Side dude. Oh, right. Uh, so. Yeah, still to this day. Right. Um, you know, I was just showing my girlfriend Women in Love, which is, um, you know, one of my is a great movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, The American Friend is another. Um, I uh, I also love. Um, let's see what else have I been? I always recommending. 
the American friend Vim Vendors, by the way. Uh, and then I'm trying to, you know, also recommendations that aren't, you know, everyday popular titles that everybody is aware of already. You know, of course, I love Rosemary's Baby and I love, you know, uh, uh, I love the conversation, which is Coppola, where he made that sandwich in between Godfathers one and two somehow, you know. Apocalypse, you know, of course, everybody, I, I'm a big fan. I'm reading right now, actually, getting to the film film historian aspect. I read a lot of film history books and films about books about films. Um, so that's a big thing for me. Um, and, uh, you know, Do the Right Thing is a seminal film that I, I think everybody needs to see. It's super, super important. Blue, uh, Blue Velvet, uh, you know. Blue Velvet, love Blue um, Velvet. And, I mean, you know, Paris, Texas also, of course, speaking of Inventors. Uh, I mean, there's some just so many incredible movies. But my sweet spot is definitely like 80s into the 90s. You know, Hal Hartley movies and... Desperately seeking Susan. You Classic, know. yeah. Yeah, it's funny how some of those they they're slower paced, and it's it's interesting because everything nowadays is so much more fast paced. Yeah, but when you watch it, it, it it's kind of like a meditation compared to what is out today. But it's just it's actually really it's relaxing to some degree. You know, like mm-hmm. if you're watching things and you're expecting, you know, crazy cuts and just the movement. You know, it's yeah. slower in the eighties, but they're they they stand the test of time. The classic films. Well, I do have just one last question. So go ahead and tell us how we can subscribe you know, subscribe to the film wax podcast, how we can get there. And then just any social media or other things that you can give us. And then of course we'll put the links directly underneath the, the video. Sure. Film wax is available on all of the podcast apps, you know, from Apple to Spotify, audible, every it's just in iHeartRadio. It's on, it's on basically all of those. And of course you can go to filmwaxradio.com. I'm not on TikTok. I tried that. I just don't have. Oh the, my god, we were just I'm, talking about that. I'm sorry. It's like yeah. what? It's, I think it was a young person telling me that she went to see a band at Colony, and apparently they're from the yeah. '90s. And they, oh. I mean, because I have music that I distribute to, and now part of my distribution is it goes to TikTok. So I oh. thought, okay, what is that? Sure. But I think what it is is like when young people. I mean, this is how sort of out of touch. I'm trying to be in touch. I mean, I'm in my 40s, but it's just like TikTok just blows our minds. But apparently, it's like they can they select your song like you know from their list or whatever that they have and and then they add some crazy viral video to it so apparently this 90s band which was like a it's just like a instrumental like kind of like noise rock band you know Uh they Mm -hmm. they blew up on tiktok so there was a bunch of 17 year olds there at the show and i and it was it's just this whole thing where they're basically taking you know your a song of yours and then putting it to one of their videos and right, that's how sure. you can just blow up and then it was just crazy to me so it is kind of crazy it's but wild, I mean, right? good, for the, good for that band it is um, what it is. i mean good for them yeah. although it was just like strange and un and it was just right. weird it's, because is it's it just, is it going to yeah. sustain and all that yeah yeah oh great Okay, well, let's wrap it up. Um, I just want to thank Adam. And that is it for this episode of the Woodstock Film Festival Let's Talk Film Podcast. Don't forget to please subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the like button and follow us on Instagram or Woodstock Film Festival. And we will see you next time.